What would you do if you had to figure out how to photograph something in deep space that nobody knows is really there? This question and more get answered on Teamistry, the new podcast from Atlassian. Hosted by filmmaker Gabriella Cowperthwaite, Teamistry looks past the front page headlines and into the untold stories of teams behind groundbreaking moments. Each episode examines how the extraordinary chemistry of these teams made the impossible possible. Download Teamistry for free wherever you listen to podcasts and learn more at Atlassian.com. Hello and welcome to My Big Idea, the weekly podcast from ASOS. I'm Danielle Radoichin and today I'm talking to Hermione Taylor. Hermione is founding director of Do Nation, an online platform that helps people and businesses make small changes in their daily lives to help combat climate change. Here's Hermione's big idea. Hi, Hermione. Hello. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. So we are, it's Wednesday today. How's your week going? It's a busy week. It's been a very busy, slightly too manic week, to be honest. What's been going on? Um, What has been going on? We, uh, I organised last night a sustainability social for for a bunch of kind of peers and friends who work in in the sustainability space. Um, We've had lots of clients launching and a few few big presentations and workshops coming up over the next day. So So what was the point of doing that social? The point of that social was to pull together, well, get get people together from who work in the space, um, but from different companies, give us a chance to chat in a very informal way. I often go to events, um, more kind of formal corporate events and see friends or, or people that pop up time and time again and say, oh, we should go for a drink sometime. And it's it's just nice to get together. So it's sort of friends and um, and so work two associates. Of us, yeah, people I know through work, um, but who, who work in the broader sustainability space. And it's just nice to have an informal way to have a drink and get together and share ideas that isn't necessarily with your direct colleagues. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes yeah. sense. Um, so, Donation is your company. Yeah. Tell us a bit about what it what it is, what you do. So, Donation is all about action and doing. Funnily enough, we we really believe that our actions do matter. And cliches that may sound, they add up to make a big difference, both to our personal health and well being, and to that of the planet. Really importantly. We also kind of see that our actions are the best way to show our decision makers uh, that that we care and that we've got an appetite for change. Actions um, speak louder than words, as they say. So so what we've built with Donation is an online platform where anyone can make a pledge or run a campaign to raise pledges from their friends, family or colleagues. And the pledges are all simple actions like cycling to work, wasting less food, um, washing your clothes at 30 degrees. So it's, the point is it's all sort of small, doable stuff rather than you need to completely overhaul your life. <laughs> exactly. Bit by bit, step by step. We provide a menu of actions people can choose from to make it really simple, give them ideas. They can tailor them a bit and take it from there and, um, and then we give the advice around that. Where did this idea of yours come from? So it all started about seven years ago when I had just finished a master's in environmental policy and uh, I decided to cycle to Morocco at the end of it wasn't quite ready to go straight into the career path and I wanted one final adventure before I got stuck in. 
realised that cycling to Morocco was going to be a pretty epic adventure, uh, f- challenge and adventure. Um, and I wanted to use that to raise support for, for sustainability, which was a cause I was really passionate about. I realised that the traditional thing to do would be to ask friends to donate money uh, to my chosen environmental charity. But I felt pretty uncomfortable asking asking them for, for money, partly because a lot of students, they were broke, it was the end of the credit crunch, and all people were just tired of endless sponsorship requests. But mostly, I realised that actually the environment just needs people's action more than it needs their money. And there was something futile about asking people to donate like 20 quid when they were then just going to hop in the car and drive to the supermarket, leaving their lights on and throw all the food away. And were you talking weeks. about these, this with someone or was it something that you were just mulling over in your head while cycling in Morocco? Uh, so I'd been mulling it over in my head for a while. And actually, in all honesty, I'd first had the idea back during my undergrad. Uh, and I'd talked to a few people about it then and everyone was like, that would never work. Why would anyone do that? Um, but a few years later, the kind of appetite and the interest in sustainability was rising. What made you, when people were saying to you that will never work, why did you think <laughs> they were wrong? And how did you have that belief in yourself? Um, so I, they were saying... I had made a pledge for for a sustainability scheme at university. Um, this was on my year abroad in, in, in Vancouver. And I'd, a friend had wrote me into signing up to the sustainability pledge. And at the time, I was a bit sceptical about it, like all of my friends were when I suggested this idea. But I saw over time that it actually did change the way I thought about things. And it put sustainability in the forefront of my mind and the actions that I could take. Um, and ultimately, it's brought me to here, running my own business in this space. And that really was the starting point. So, so what, knowing... and what took it from idea to reality? So the thing that took it from idea to reality was very much when I decided to cycle to Morocco and I had the opportunity to test it out. I still wasn't sure that it would work. I still kind of heard the scepticism of my friends, but I wanted to try it out myself. Um, and so we did that. And two of us cycled there and asked our friends to support us by pledging to um, eat less meat, use reusable water bottles, change to a renewable energy supply, all sorts of actions. And 216 people supported us, which blew my mind, really. Um, and what blew my mind even more was when I got back and I calculated, being a bit of a data nerd that I am, I calculated the impact that all of those actions had had, how much carbon they'd saved together. Those 216 people had saved as much carbon as 84 flights from London to Morocco. Well, obviously, That's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, so you used that kind of data to then um, work with clients. Yeah. So I, I kind of, first off, seeing that and seeing the very real reaction it had had with, on our friends, I decided to scale it up. Initially, it was just a non-profit working with individuals we didn't have clients per se um anyone we, we we turned it into a site that anyone could use to raise support for their own challenges and we had people doing half marathons and cycle rides and hmm. using it for birthday lists gift lists and things and then because we were capturing that data as you say on on the impact that we were having companies started to ask us if they could use it what was the first client you got hmm so the first company, the first company to show interest was Innocent Drinks, um, and 
they said, oh, this is great. I was trying to get them to do the London Marathon. And actually, one of the, the sustainability manager's husband ended up being our first user because he was running the London Marathon in Houston Nation. Uh, and that's what I was aiming for. But they said to me at the time, like, oh, I think this would work really well as a competition between teams of employees. We don't want to run any marathons or anything. And I was like, no, no, that's a critical element of it. You've got to do that. <laughs> um, and insisted that if they were going to use it, they had to do some physical challenge to, to kind of... It, inspire the pledges um and then no i think team competition would be really powerful and i was like no no no, i don't think it would work (laughs) and basically turned them away (laughs) and and three years later um or four years later uh we had actually i'd realized the error of my ways we'd started to work with other companies in that way and innocent ran a, a campaign finally last year fantastic and now how many clients do you work with at the moment We've worked with just over 50 companies or organisations, ranging from quite a few universities to people like Innocent Drinks and Pakati to Siemens Energy and Arup Engineering. Um, Have any of those not worked or not had the results that you hoped for? Oh, there, yeah, there have definitely been ones that... And how do you deal with that? Well, it's, it's always disappointing, I think, from both angles. Uh, for us, you could you could say, well, they've paid us, great. But for us, it's all about the impact, and and we're, it's great that we're getting paid because that allows us to do what we're doing. Mm. Um, and presumably, so most of them do work because exactly most seems of them to be do, expanding. do work mm. and come back. Mm. Usually, when they don't work, it's a case of trying to figure out why they don't work and take the lessons from that, um, which are really valuable. And how many, what's your team set up like now? What's, where's the office? So we're a tiny team. We're a team of two of us in the core team, um, based in one of our investors' offices, which is a kind of fashion tech startup. So we're in, we're in quite a fun, buzzy office, which is nice, shared with lots of other companies. Um, And we've got a wider network of people that we work with and partners, partners who, who help us deliver our work. But and how do you use social media to inform what you do? Because I can imagine that's probably quite a big part of it. It is. Like, if you didn't have social media, it would be quite a different enterprise, right? It would be. You know what? We, we were a bigger team earlier in the year, or last year, and we did a lot more social media then. We've scaled it back quite a lot, and we do... And, and it, I think social media is super important, but it also can be a real time sucker. Um, and so there's a real balance to strike and we're trying to get that and actually not relying on it too, too much. Um, but our users use it a lot when they make a pledge, sharing their pledges on social media. And Which platform are they on mainly? Um, so a lot of it is on Facebook and Twitter. Um, it depends whether there are corporate clients, so companies using it, then they tend to use those things less. It's more Twitter, a bit of Instagram, Innocent, lots of them are using that. Mm. But at the engineering firms, it's more the kind of internal Siemens Energy. They've got their internal uh, social network that's just... And like for people who are interested in this kind of thing, um, are there certain social media accounts or hashtags that are good to check out? Um, so there are some great accounts um we cover so many different uh actions that each of those has has loads of different streams um but for for other organizations and accounts that kind of cover the whole broader spectrum of sustainability and sustainable business i would say um collectively is a really interesting one they're pretty cool sharing lots of positive stories about um about 
cool businesses and innovations that are working in this space. So that's collectively. And obviously Guardian Sustainable Business is a big one. Um, and Tom Idol has just, he used to work at Two Degrees and he's now, he runs a thing called Narrative Matters um, and r- runs a podcast around better business. It's called The Better Business Show. Um, and that's that's a good one too. That sounds great. And are there, are there you mentioned The Guardian. Um, how do you keep up with the latest developments in environmental issues, climate change? So uh, a combination of too many email threads <laughs> so guardian sustainable business sustainable brands is a big one eddie um there are lots of lots of kind of mailing lists that i'm on to get the regular news but i find the best thing is events and meeting people and 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 just actually talking to people how do you get invited to those events if you're just starting out mm, that's a really good question um a lot there's a whole mixture of events there are a lot of really um like, you know, expensive uh more exclusive events that are hard to get invited to but there are a lot that you actually just need to have on your radar and um get tickets to they're not kind of invite only um so getting out there and as soon as whatever city you're in there'll be a there'll be networks of events meetups really good for finding things um an event bright just searching once you start going to one you'll hear about another and another and another and it scales yeah. that's cool um so you've done a tedx talk mm. how yeah. did that come about that came about through twitter <laughs> <laughs> do tell there you go um it was a new tedx uh, called tedx wandsworth that was setting up and they started following me and donation on t- on twitter so i thought oh interesting and looked at their their um profile and the, and the theme of their TEDx was be the change which is spot on with what we're about so we started chatting over Twitter and then they invited me to to come and speak which was great and what's hard. it like doing a TEDx talk doing a TEDx talk is tough um it's, it's so funny all my friends I mean as a child I was not a presenter I uh, all through school I was that person that sat there cowering in the corner terrified that I'd be asked to answer a question or read out loud I hated it um really really hated it and even through my masters I was the only person in a class of 140 that never once asked a question because I just was terrified about speaking in public um but when you are talking about something you've been doing for so long and really quite genuinely no one knows as much about as me (laughs) with donation itself uh it's a lot easier and and when you've got that passion you just have got to get over that fear so there was a lot of practice involved in the TEDx. My friends, when they saw it, were like, whoa, you seem so... <laughs> Do you learn it off by heart? Yeah, you ha- I spent months... I mean, I had to submit the final draft of it about a month before, word for word. We had to s- submit the first draft about three months before, and there was a big process of iteration. So by the time it came to the day itself, I mean, that, that evening, I was all night I was dreaming, waking up, saying my lines, because I'd been preparing <laughs> them so endlessly. It um, drove me mad. How was it received? It was received, quite a big audience there. Yeah, about right? 100 people. Yeah. It was a really interesting mix of people and um, it was received really well. It was We had quite a few people signing up to, to use Donation afterwards, which is the ultimate aim um, to inspire people to actually take action. And yeah, it was, it was a really... The kind of people that go to a TEDx is super friendly and kind of open to, right. to these What did things. you do afterwards to celebrate? 
Oh, I had a stunking cold at the time. Okay. I went back and got into bed with some oh. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> anyway, that's, that's super impressive. I don't think that we've had someone on My Big Idea who's done a TEDx before. Um, and I guess I think what I wanted to ask you as well was for someone like myself and mm-hmm. lots of people who listen to this podcast who are interested in fashion, what is the first, what's a small, easy change someone interested in fashion can make? towards helping the environment oh that's a a great question and that's actually one of our most popular pledges is fashion passion dress yourself sustainably we call it um i think looking where your clothes come from is super important um so checking the label and checking the label um that means where should you look where's good clothes to come from so there's um it's not so much the country they're made in it's more how they're made so um there's a few things to think about but the materials themselves, cotton is uh, one of the world's biggest users of water uh, and also pollution, creators of pollution. So organic cotton, wherever you can, and also how it's made. So it's fair trade fashion is, is a growing, growing movement. Um, and so many clothes now are made in sweatshops, which we all shut our eyes to and, and, and try and ignore. But it's really important. And there's loads of awesome clothes out there that are made sustainably out of ethical from ethical uh manufacturers out of organic cotton and other materials mm. and any, any labels that you that you personally look out for so people tree is one mm-hmm. of my favorites yeah. um one of my staples i think you stock it on asos i think we do um and uh rapa nui as well they they actually did a, a podcast the other day on on the better business show that i mentioned earlier they're an organic t-shirt company that publish their entire supply chain so if you really want to get into detail of what's <laughs> on your label like it's more than a label mm-hmm. you can look at everything um but they're great and um there are some great sh- more and more shoes as well out there that shoes are a real issue because clothes at least you can take to a charity shop at the end of their life or end of your life with them um but shoes no one really wants to to buy second hand so thinking about where they come from is super important and making sure you just love your clothes and and use them and don't chuck them too quickly (laughs) um and then finally where are you hoping to take do nation in the next few years what would be a big mark of success to your mind so as i say our actions matter but they make a big difference when done together so for us that togetherness that scale is really really important um we want to reach hundreds of thousands of people over the next three years we want to really build the next generation of leaders around sustainability, um, help that next ge- future leaders to use donation as a tool to develop and demonstrate their leadership skills um, through running campaigns, whether that's in their workplace, encouraging their colleagues to pledge or, or through their friends um, and really showing that bottom up route. So of, of the young people in businesses leading the change um, and and it's scaling that way to reach hundreds of thousands of users and pledges. Okay, well, that sounds very impressive indeed. Um, and thank you so much for coming on the podcast. It was a real no pleasure. It was a pleasure. Thanks. I hope I haven't waffled too much. Not at all. <laughs> that was Hermione Taylor talking about her big idea. I'm Danielle Radoichin. Tune in next week to hear my next guest. And don't forget, you can download previous episodes on your favourite podcast app. Thanks for listening. Bye.
Upwork has the world's largest network of independent professionals. Let me just close this real quick. So if you need a back-end developer, a UI designer, or a project manager for six days or six months, Upwork is how. Hey, I have this room booked at noon. I'm just wrapping up here. Upwork professionals have the flexibility and capability to work from anywhere. Yeah, it's 1201. Okay, it's all yours. Which is nice if you're already low on conference rooms. Plus, they're proven, rated, and reviewed. When you need in-demand talent on demand, Upwork is how.